Welcome to Teach Em Up, the podcast about teaching and learning. Uh, today, we are talking with Mr. Ben Philpot, PE teacher here at San Marin High School. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great, Nick. Thank you. Good. Um, so our topic today is we are going to be talking about PE instruction, physical education, um, and how you can use physical education as a real class. Yeah, you can learn things in PE. Uh, yeah, this Imagine is kind, kind of a novel topic. <laughs> um, great idea. And uh, then we'll transition and we'll talk a little bit about uh, coaching because you are also the varsity soccer coach. That's um, right. yeah. And we'll talk about how to build a positive team atmosphere and a strong team community. So okay, cool. um, if you could open and just tell us, like, how did you get into teaching? Um, and then why do you continue to stay in teaching? That's, that's a good follow-up question. Yeah, that, that second part's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I originally, it's kind of a long story, I guess. And most of my stories are long. We've got the time. Yeah. Um, my, so both of my parents were teachers. My mom, we joke, we say she went to the dark side of education and became a a principal. Mm. Uh, She was actually my principal for six years. Wow. Uh, she followed me from elementary school and then we went to middle school together. Um, so I always had a different relationship with my teachers. Was that dark? Was that good? Like having your mom as your principal? It, I mean, it came with pros and cons. I think it kept me out of a lot of trouble just because mm. kids wouldn't ask me to go do things I shouldn't be doing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to bring that kid, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was, I think, that avoided some problems. Um, it definitely kept me more on track school-wise yeah. because my mom also had a, a relationship with my teachers different than most parents do. Yep. Uh, being their boss, I guess, uh-huh. uh, I seem to always get pretty good teachers. That's nice. Yeah, ironic, I'm sure, coincidence. Uh, it backfired once where I like got a, a in 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 a full day like in school suspension for what was I was later told my mom said she didn't want to look like they went easy on me so mm. they gave, they went the opposite way uh-huh. but uh, I always had money on campus and food so nice that was always good um, so anywho it, I always had that uh, example of like a teacher I didn't understand that parents have jobs that work in the summer like mm-hmm. when I would hang out with friends I'd be like where are your parents like what school's not in session. Why aren't they at home? So, um, it took a while for me to realize that. So it was definitely demonstrated around the house. I originally wanted to be a chemistry teacher. I had an awesome chemistry teacher in high school and it wasn't anything like a super bond that we had, but he Mm -hmm. just made it seem really simple and interesting. Nice chemistry pun. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Um, so that's what I originally thought I'd want to do. He really seemed to enjoy his job and I felt like I would enjoy it too. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I got to college as a chemistry major, I discovered that I did not enjoy chemistry as much as I thought I had before. And someone jokingly said like, why don't you do teach PE? And I kind of like scoffed as like PE teachers are viewed differently. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. I don't know if I like teach PE seriously. And then I thought about it I'm like, that sounds like that would be awesome to Actually, do every exactly day. Exactly what I'd like to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't know why I didn't think of that from the beginning. So I always grew up playing sports. So that's, um, and, you know, health and activity was a big influence in my life. So that's kind of why, yeah, it made way more sense. And I started loving all the classes I was taking in college. It was not like the chemistry class that I failed once and retook in uh-huh. <laughs> my first semester. So, um, yeah. And then uh, I just always liked working with kids. I did an intramural program for my senior project in high school. Uh-huh. Um, I coached when I was in college at uh, the high school. Rancho Cotati was right next to Sonoma State. Uh-huh. So I coached soccer there. And... Uh, yeah, I just, I always enjoyed that type of thing, so. Nice. Um, and then what has kept you in education? So far, I still enjoy it. Um, I would say uh, the, the staff at, at Samarin's the only school I've worked at, so uh-huh. I've been lucky to get hired here out of college and stay here. Um, and it's, the, the staff has been super helpful on the, like, the super crummy days. Like today was kind of a crummy day. Mm-hmm. But I got to meet up with some of you know our peers at lunchtime, and it just totally reboots you. And I feel like we have an exceptional staff here. I, I agree. Yeah. We have a wild level of support for one another um, through our staff, which is great. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we're talking today about PE. And you have this kind of wild controversial view that PE is a real class. <laughs> tell, tell me, how is PE a real class, Ben Philpott? Well, PE, I think, gets misconstrued with PA, which is physical activity. Oh. And physical education is, you know, physical activity is part of the 
physical education umbrella. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, when we look at our state standards, and this is something that we were taught in the credential program and, and as a PE major is, um, you know, being active covers like two of like 24 standards. Uh-huh. I'm ballparking those. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But um, so there's a lot of content and things that we want to desire to teach. Uh, and especially if you look at one year of physical education or two years of physical education, isn't going to make someone live a healthy, active lifestyle. Right. I mean, that's the goal. Uh-huh. But if we put them through a boot camp for a year or two, yeah, they might be in great shape. But running a couple laps on a track yeah. does not build a lifelong desire to run a couple laps exactly. on a track. So I think a lot of it is we're trying to give them the school, the skills and the tools um, within school uh-huh. <laughs> to... Uh, to then carry that on throughout the rest of their life. So think critically about exercise, think critically about uh, products and things that you buy into, like the, um, I forget what it's called, but that giant sweat thing you put around your abs and magically gives you a six pack. Oh. Uh, so just thinking critically about those types of products and if it's too good to be true, recognizing it is and, uh-huh. and how to apply your own fitness goals because we all have some sort of fitness goal. Right. Um, so like I introduced that in kind of a, uh, making fun of it way. Um, but it seems like you have a philosophy that like physical education should be about education. Absolutely. Um, so how does that manifest on a day-to-day basis in your classes? So, um, it's, it's progressed throughout the years. We, when we first started, I I stole it from Costa Grande high school. Like all good teachers, I stole what I could. Yep. Um, that's where I student taught, and they had activity cards, so kids were writing and logging the activities they were doing. Uh-huh. There was also some uh, some materials of like, here, we're working on body composition this week, and we want you to reflect on that and learning about those types of things. What does it mean? How do you assess it? How can you affect it? Uh-huh. Um, so we started with those. We progressed into like a binder where we had like unit packs, and now with the one to one to world access we have and Chromebooks, like we've been super, super heavy with Google Classroom. Uh, and we just try to put as much information on there as we can for the kids. So we break it down um, every day. The kids should be looking up at least their what, how, why on their Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. We use that. That's like the bare essential. We use their Chromebooks. Um, and then the rest is just logging their activities. Last year we did uh, runs where they would calculate their pace. Uh-huh. And then they would look at that and graph it out and kind of see like, am I improving? How am I doing? And then reflecting on the days that they ran of, well, I really wasn't feeling well that day. That must be why my, my time had that effect or uh-huh. those types of things. So, um, and then we're, this year we're, we're progressing into, we're really trying to get classroom space. Yeah. So we've kind of hijacked the library oh, nice. and our goal is to use it about once a week. Uh-huh. We actually have the kids not dress out. Okay. Um, and it's really just a classroom setting. And so like tomorrow... Uh, our students will be learning about hypokinetic diseases. Okay. Uh, so we have a whole period where they're just going to be sitting there and working on a worksheet that has to do with hypokinetic diseases, which seems crazy that they're yeah. sitting and working on a worksheet in the, a physical education class. The but, irony is strong, right, especially yeah. a worksheet about hypokinetic diseases. <laughs> where we're being not kinetic whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're really uh, demonstrating that strongly. Yeah. We'll see if any kid, well, extra credit to the kid who can see that. Who can find the irony yeah. in the in the activity. Absolutely. Um, so... It seems like that is a really fine line to walk mm-hmm. um, because obviously you do want physical activity in your PE class, uh, but it seems like right. you are emphasizing both the physical activity. Like it sounds like students are still getting out and exercising, yeah. learning new sports, uh, but also doing some data analysis around those new sports and activities mm-hmm. and trying to track progress. Yeah, and I think it's it's a big uh, it's the biggest challenge for our students right now is leaping from being active to like thinking and being active. Mm-hmm. So we I mean it's it's progressing or it's showing and demonstrating in like the activities we do, and we're starting to talk about offensive and defensive strategies. Uh-huh. And games as different as like pickleball to spike ball, which we're starting now, um, which are completely different, um, but there are similarities, and we're trying to get them to see like think about the way games are designed, how you play them in strategies, offensive and defensive wise, Uh which to me that translates to like thinking critically. So like the one thing that I note is that both spike ball and pickleball are what I would call pretty non-traditional PE sports. Like when I came up through PE, I think we played maybe three sports the whole year Mm -hmm. and it was pretty much basketball, flag football, and then some softball. 
uh, probably not in that order. Football was probably in the fall, mm-hmm. and then basketball in the winter, and then uh, softball yeah. in the spring. And we just kind of cycled through those games, uh, and it was very like roll the ball out, yep. and everybody takes a turn, and all right, there you go. Um, Good we, job, you got sweaty our, today. We did our thing, yeah. go change out. Um, and I noticed that when I talked to our students, they are doing a wide diversity of different games. Mm-hmm. Um, you have them learning how to hit a forehand and a backhand in tennis. Um, you've got them playing pickleball, which sounds like mini tennis in some Yeah, way. We, we start with pickleball because the, it's a shorter implement. And we actually, we dropped tennis this year. Okay. Just because it turns into a lot of fetch. Okay. Um, so the pickleball is a great way to implement those same skills that you uh-huh. do in tennis, but on a much more controlled level and the students have more success with it. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what other kind of uh, traditional or non-traditional activities, sports, do you run through? So in PE1 is all individual and dual activities, okay. and which is pretty non-traditional from like, if you're a sports fan and watching games on TV, yeah. you're not going to see like pickleball is what we tend to start with. Yep. You're not going to see spike ball. And spike ball is where you have that circle thing, and then you whack the ball down at yeah. the circle and it bounces back up. Spike ball, the best way I can describe it, uh, it's part of our rec games unit. So these okay. are games that you could like play at the beach, at like a barbecue, a family type of thing. Uh-huh. Very like low low exertion, but usually high fun and uh-huh. social aspect to it. Yep. Um, so spike ball is like doubles volleyball. Okay. With uh, instead of hitting over a net, you hit into like a trampoline. Okay. And there are no boundaries. So mm-hmm. you and your partner can pass back and forth. Uh, same number in volleyball, uh-huh. but instead of hitting over a net, you're hitting it down into the net and it's rebounding. And then they're playing off of that. Nice. Um, we'll do can jam, okay, which is like a disc kind of like throwing horseshoe the, type of game. Yep, throwing the disc into the trash can. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then ramp shot is a newer one, that's kind of like horseshoes mis- mixed with um, what's what's the correct way to say this? Let's say water pong. Okay. Like that type of game, um, but it involves teamwork and and like working as a as a duel. So like it's a dueling sport with a partner. Okay. Um, and then we'll get into badminton, which you could see in the Olympics, table yep. tennis, you'll see in the Olympics and then we'll do yoga as well. Okay. And that rounds out our year with just activities. Yeah. And we have the other things that we're teaching as well, like hypoconnect diseases. We'll do some anatomy. They uh-huh. get, the freshmen will get like, I think they get cell anatomy okay. in biology. Yep. Right. I'm sure you could speak more on that. We do. We do some both body systems, mm-hmm. organ systems, um, and then gets into cellular, uh, yeah. level stuff so we try to we try to pick up a little bit of like the bone and muscle anatomy uh-huh. um unless that's changed i think before that was kind of like a space that they didn't get go into detail with so we yeah thought, that's correct so it was kind of fun for us to cover and um we'll also do uh the six skill components of fitness and we used to do the five health components of fitness but we're deciding to drop that since it's technically a, a third grade uh State standard. Oh, so we're not teaching the third grade. We're stuff not going to teach the third anymore? grade stuff anymore. Right. We're just gonna we're gonna let that go. Good. Yeah. Uh, so what are the six skill based? Oh man, I studied it the other day. Oh good. So we have balance, okay. agility, power, speed, coordination, and reaction time. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And those are really fun because you can do like labs and things like with those to yeah. measure reaction time and. I don't know if you've ever done that where you have a ruler and you just drop it between the fingers. That's, and the, cl- yep, that's a classic. That's the classic one. That's or the, the kids drop enjoy a, that. drop a dollar bill, right. put your hand over the president's face, Yep. Uh, and then see if you can catch the dollar bill and hint you shouldn't be able to. The <laughs> right. speed that it takes or the time it takes for your brain to send the message down to your fingers to close right. uh, is more time than it takes for the dollar bill to fall the seven centimeters um, out of your hand. What is that time? Do you know? Is it 0.03 seconds or something like that? Uh, it sounds like it's in the right zone. I heard something about I like... I know it's a 14 centimeter dollar bill. So if you have your fingers over Washington's face, it's right. a seven centimeter drop. Um, I th- think the Olympic uh, track and field, they're saying if you react before 0.03... 0. 0.3 sounds too slow. Yeah, 0. 0.3 is way too 0. slow. 0. 0.03, it's like an automatic DQ, even if you just like guessed. Okay, so are those things... Those six components; those mm-hmm. are things that students can actually work on and get better. Yeah, and that I mean that's part of the standards. We want to them them to assess those skills uh-huh. and then learn ways of how can I improve this skill. And a lot of them are probably playing a sport, or maybe they're not. Uh-huh. But uh, still, just looking at an aspect of their life and 
things that they want to improve with it. I mean, that's, that's health and fitness. It's, right. Here's where I am. I know I want to be here. I need to know these things in order to, to put something into action to get there. And those are things that uh, would still go into just about every sport. Yeah. Um, like yeah. balance of some form would be pretty necessary for just about any sport. Reaction time mm-hmm. is going to be really key. Um, so like it feels like those are all components that come in together. Do you actually work through like how to practice those things? Um, you know, it's actually, it's something we're adding this year. We used to focus on the five health components of fitness mm-hmm. and we've decided to shift this year. So we actually haven't started doing it yet. Okay. So yeah, maybe, right. we'll maybe see. a follow up. Nice. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think one of the, uh, things that people get confused with, with PE is there's kind of a uh, traditional belief because of the way that many of us took PE that like PE should be an easy A. Uh, (laughs) Like I show up, I Mm -hmm. put on my clothes, I do what's asked of me, I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, So is that still the case? Or how do you kind of ensure that students are making progression and growth through their physical education process? So the first part of that question is, Yes and no. Okay. Um, so it's like a mix. I feel like we're at this changing point in PE where like people who are coming out of younger teachers who are coming out of credential programs and things like that more recently, we're being taught, okay, we need to do more classroom stuff and they need to learn these types of, uh, they need to learn this information and have uh-huh. this knowledge. Um, and then there's more like old school type where it was roll the ball out, like what you were describing as your PE experience. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's an in-between, maybe you've been teaching that way for 20 years and you're like, okay, I'll start doing some of this stuff, but I'm not just redoing all my curriculum. Right. I don't, I don't see me in 20 years wanting to redo everything. I hope I'm willing to, but uh-huh. yeah, in order um, to keep doing it well, you got to stay up and keep modifying. Right. Um, the, uh, so I think that's part of the challenge. I also think it's kids, at least at our school, one of the, one of the helpful things is we've had the reputation now that over the last, um, eight years at least that I've been here uh-huh. that uh, PE is more than just dressing out and uh-huh. showing up. Yep. It's not just attendance. Right. And uh, so parents who have kids that have already gone through, they get that. Yeah. Um, but other parents, they're drawing back on their what they remember from their PE experience. And uh-huh. it's very different from what their kids are going through now. So sometimes that creates some confusion where I don't understand why my kid has a D. Like they're showing up and they're dressing, right? It's like, uh-huh. yes, they are in the room. Uh-huh. We need, but here's all these assignments they're not doing, or here's the right. classwork that they haven't completed. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's, that's tough. And there's still kids that they have a hard time wrapping their head around that Yeah, and, and accepting it. So when we, so are they still running in PE? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you still do some running. Yeah. Is that what? Two days a week? We, um, this is a very, this is a big transition year for us. We're, we're, we used to run twice a week. Okay. We would do once on the block day and then once on like a Thursday or Friday. Okay. Um, and we've started running a little bit less okay. or changing our runs. We used to do graded runs based off of either how many laps they ran or how long it took them to complete a distance. Okay. So if you were faster, you would earn more points. Yes. If you so were like going slower. Eight and a half minutes for a mile, hundred yeah. percent. And then eight thirty one to nine minutes was like nine out of ten. And okay. so on and so forth. Um and was that universal for everybody? No, for the most part, no you know, split, we would make no some split ex- for gender, no split for we used to have a split. Ability. We decided to just mix it. Okay. And then when we, we do have a walking scale for people who had like medical reasons that they couldn't run. Uh-huh. Um and then, you know, it's, it's case by case. You, if you have a kid, you know, is given their absolute best uh-huh. and is doing their best out there. Uh, you know, we make exceptions and figure something out that works. Yeah. The hard thing in our job is to have 40, a max of 46 kids, even though we're over this year Yeah. in a class and to be able to differentiate for each kid and to be able to tell when a kid's either just not feeling up to it mm-hmm. or just doesn't want to give the effort that day. Like just, right is tired or, uh-huh. you know, what, what do they, is they physically not capable or are they just not motivated to Right. Um, so I think that's a big challenge. So what we, we were able to purchase recently is some heart rate monitors. Oh, that's cool. And our goal, I think we're going to pilot with just one class this year. Uh-huh. And our goal is to use those as assessments uh-huh. in measuring the time that they're in their target heart rate zone within, within a given exercise. Uh-huh. And that's going to be universal. Right. So whether, 
you're a five minute mile runner and I'm a 10 minute mile runner. Uh Um, If we're both giving a fair effort, we're both going to be in our target heart rate zone for that time. So it totally levels the playing field. Uh, And then kids are motivated on the right thing. Because when you go to exercise, if you want to improve your cardiovascular endurance, Mm -hmm. you need to be in your target heart rate range for an extended amount of time. So it doesn't make sense for you to run your mile in five minutes and you're in your target heart rate range for three. Yeah. And I'm running for 10 and I'm in my target heart rate range for eight. Like, and that, the kid who ran slower in that case should get more credit in my opinion than the kid who was only doing more exercise. Right. Just because you went faster doesn't mean you're necessarily accomplishing more. Uh Uh-huh. So. That's a really nice way of kind of like rethinking, mm-hmm. um, looking at that because on the like it's really hard to measure effort. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, outward appearance visually it's hard vi- to visually yeah. it's very hard to measure effort. Like yeah. outward appearance does not always give an accurate view right. of how much effort a kid is putting in. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this is one that I think a lot of adults have experience with. Uh, it's tough especially at the beginning of getting in shape. Absolutely. I tend, I tend to go through like phases uh, where I'll like get in real good shape for a few months and then something will happen, I'll get injured, whatever, and then I'll fall out of shape. And right. those first couple like weeks back trying to get running again are so hard. Like yeah. it is not fun and I feel awful all the time. Um, so your, I, your mind remembers so well how fast you were exactly, two months ago, but exactly. your body's not still, there anymore. I still perceive that I should be running seven-minute miles, <laughs> right. and for whatever reason, my legs and my lungs are not doing those seven-minute <laughs> miles because I haven't done them for a couple months. Right. Uh, and so that's definitely like a, you know, it's a sliding scale there. Right. So I think shifting to that like heart rate-based piece seems to both reward effort mm-hmm. and reward the exercise that would really translate to the rest of life. It totally takes ability out of the equation. Uh-huh. Um, and it, yeah, absolutely levels the playing field. Right. Um, and then you're not prioritizing certain body types over other body types based on specific skills or sports. Right. And it's a great learning tool for the kids, too, to recognize that even though they're feeling crummy that day, their heart rate is going to show that. Like, same example, if you're a five-minute mile runner. Uh-huh and you just had the flu two days ago and this is your first day back uh-huh. and you're running and you're running an eight minute mile, yeah. but your heart rate may show that you're still giving the same effort you did at a five minute mile uh-huh. because you're sick and because you're recovering. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a great learning tool for the kids too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so logistically, how did you acquire those heart rate monitors? Or is the technology now getting cheap enough that you can get a class set of 50 heart rate monitors? We spent about five grand. Um, for what will cover one class at a time. Okay. Um, and we're finding we need to get some more supplies to uh-huh. really make it a good, like super uh, applicable yeah. and easy to use. Uh-huh. Um, Are these like wrist things? Or? Yeah, so they look like a watch okay. and then they, they have a hub that they connect to and then that connects to an iPad where we can literally see every student and their heart rate. and That's what they're at. So like we can see it live uh-huh. and say like, hey, Johnny, you really you're doing a great job. Like, look at you. You've been, you're in like, you're past your target heart rate zone. Like maybe uh-huh. relax a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like Sally needs to start working a little harder. We're, we're still down in the green. Uh-huh. So it's like color coded. Uh, and we've just started to be able to get to use them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of that, all that is fundraising through our clothing sales. Oh yeah. Interesting. So that's, that's where all of it comes from. That's awesome. Yeah. We've been saving up for years and I'm really trying to get enough really close to getting a class set of rowing machines for us to use. And I think that'd be a nice different way to introduce some cardio. I think right. part of our curriculum, like you said, we do some abnormal type of activities uh-huh. is we want to introduce them to things that they don't already do yep. uh, and don't already see. Uh-huh. Um, like I think in, in future, we're not going to do football anymore. We're probably okay. going to start doing rugby. Like flag oh, rugby is really taken off. Interesting. Um, and other types of like team activities that are just different. Yeah. Because then it's something that, again, it levels the playing field. You don't have your football superstar who's just ready to plow through some people when you're yeah. playing football or your basketball star. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that's the goal is you want and to kind of spark like non, the interest. Non-contact flag rugby? Yeah, it's actually, it's pretty, it's pretty unique that you pull the flag and then that's the immediate line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. So you and drop, then, drop the ball right there? Well, they, they just have to pitch it. They have like okay, three yeah, seconds yeah. or three steps yep. to pitch the ball. To ditch the ball, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. 
um, yeah, as somebody with uh, his entire extended family in New Zealand, uh, especially with this being recorded during the Rugby World Cup yeah. and the All Blacks heading to the semifinals. Of course. Uh, I, I like that idea. Yeah. I could, I could support a shift to a lot of flag rugby. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I've been watching some of that, too, after I attended a conference this summer where they introduced flag rugby. Uh-huh. And uh, I've been catching some of that. on. Uh, it's also the same channel that soccer's on. Oh, yeah. So in the, after, in the evenings, it's rugby, and in the mornings, it's soccer. So yeah. It's all good. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of uh, eliminates one of the big concerns for a lot of people, um, which is kind of like how do you – like what if a kid just comes in as not a great runner – like, are they doomed to fail PE? Right. Are and you going to fail kids because they're coming off an ACL tear or because they're just not built for running? And, like, personally, I love running. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel great. But I also recognize that my body is built for running uh, and not everybody's bodies are. My right. body is not built for basketball. My <laughs> body is not built for football. Um, so, and I think including something like some rowing, right, which is more of, like, a strength-oriented but still very cardiovascular Absolutely, is yeah. a really nice option to get those different components in. Yeah. And that's, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest uh, negative feedback we get from students and uh-huh. parents is they get really frustrated with the runs. Yeah. Because um, they just can't control the time. Yeah. And, and as, it, as much as can, like, but not as much as they would like to. Right. Well, any other contents, like if you're not understanding a concept in your math class, you can learn it and now you know it. Right. It's like it's running. It's it takes time to get to a place. If you're starting really far behind where right. where you want to be, it, yes. you don't you can't get there in a week. Yeah. If you're coming in right. a 12 minute mile. Yeah. And 8:30 like is going to take you, you get straight A's. three or four or six months <laughs> right. to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, that's that's the biggest feedback, negative feedback we would get. So we're trying to change that. Uh, I mean, the fitness is fitness portion of our grade is only 20 percent of their overall grade, but uh-huh. the students still have a hard time conceptualizing and visualizing okay this is only 20 percent. so if i get some do some get it really well and Uh they intentionally wouldn't try very hard on the runs because they realize (laughs) like this is only five percent of my grade if i get half of this like i'll still be good Um, that's that's the other downside yeah so uh i think the effort is it's just good on all good on all sides nice yeah yeah if we're able to use the heart rate monitors the way that we'd like to that seems like a really cool innovation and a really cool way of emphasizing like lifelong fitness absolutely um especially because many people are now exercising with a heart rate monitor well yeah they Um, come on every watch and device and and phone you get yeah whatever um yeah that's really cool nice yeah um so the other piece that i heard you mentioning was that you started with these kind of like activity logs little pieces of paper each week yes um and i can imagine that that would get wildly frustrating just on the paperwork side, especially in a PE classroom or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. uh, where the wind blows things away. And um, one of my beliefs about education is that we should do education in the way that people do it in the world. Right. Um, And very few people have a small piece of paper that they record (laughs) their various activities on throughout the course of a day. Um, I have occasionally done this like fitness challenge with some friends where we had like a Google spreadsheet and we would record all the exercise that we did and right. it was all monitored to different points. So like running would give you a hundred points per mile and biking was 40 points per mile and swimming was, uh, I don't know, 0. 0.4 points per meter. Um, there was, there was a whole calculus going into, you know, pushups were one point her push-up there, there was a whole thing oh wow um but at that point i was recording everything uh but most of the time it's not how i think about exercise right, right? i think about exercise as like how does it make me feel how can i maintain health um and like do i feel good having done it yeah and i think the big part of recording is more of i mean yeah it's not like a realistic practice as much especially now with all the devices we have that mm-hmm. would record things for you yeah but at least to remember, like to demonstrate the thought process of here's where I was, here's where I want to be now, because our body's always adapting to be better at whatever we're putting it through. And if we're not progressing, uh-huh. then we're not, you know, we're not improving our health. Right. And so, I think yeah. that that modification that you've made, shifting away from a little slip of paper right. that a bunch of ninth graders are going to lose. And then you have this whole like, well, I, I did the run, I played the sport, mm-hmm. but I don't have the piece of paper. Right. <sighs> 
like okay so like now you have a zero and like it's that's just like fighting a stupid battle yes absolutely. around like fixing zeros in grade books right which is where none of us want to be like basically playing the points game mm-hmm. and that is my least favorite game yeah it's not very fun the, the teacher points game like well if i turn this in how much credit can i get like it means we're doing something wrong right um because we should be playing the learning game and have students focused on how am i progressing how am I learning? Right. What kind of progress am I making towards my end goal? Um, and I think that having it digital, like they may still record results, but it feels like that is a much more positive and realistic way mm-hmm. where, okay, I'm recording my times and then graphing them. And then I can actually get a gauge of like, how is my fitness changing over time? If you've got heart rate data now, right. like, oh, I've got both a time for my mile and I've got a heart rate for my mile and I can plot those and like take a look at correlation right and see is it is it making a difference yeah um yes i agree <laughs> <laughs> glad, glad that we could come to agreement on that one uh, okay so uh one of the things that you do really well is creating a robust pe program um another thing that i've noticed that you're doing really well is creating a really tight soccer community so you are our varsity boys soccer coach, the head of our soccer program. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, um, I was the varsity boys soccer coach uh, before you took over. Um, I was the JV boys soccer coach for one year and then mm-hmm. varsity boys soccer coach for one year. And I found it wildly challenging. Um, I really like soccer. Mm-hmm. I love team sports. I love being part of team sports. Uh, I, when I was coaching varsity, we got our first win in three years. We had been winless for three years. Yes. And we got, yeah, we got, I think, two or three wins uh, during that season. Unfortunately, all of them were preseason games, <laughs> and then the league started, and we got a tie. And I was like, this is okay. Yes. This is okay. It was a tie with a very good, like, a team that was always at the top of the league mm-hmm. rankings. I was like, this is good. This is good. We can make um, – and then it proceeded to be, like, tie, loss, loss, tie, loss. Mm-hmm. And this one of the things that I found um, – kids lost a lot of enthusiasm it's really tough when it feels like you're not getting the results that you right. wanted and for us it felt like we were playing 98 percent of a brilliant game uh but unfortunately with soccer that two percent <laughs> yeah. could allow the other team to score a couple goals and uh then we were back to being down 2-1 yeah. or whatever i think we've all coached athletes that are just phenomenal 98 percent of the game and uh-huh. then two percent they're just catastrophic and you just hope that two percent doesn't hurt you sometimes right and some of that <laughs> is just like high school yeah uh, they're they're learning human, they're not they're not consistent right? just like yeah. general human yeah. variance um but one of the things that i've noticed is when you took over the soccer program mm-hmm. you really built a culture um could you talk to some of the things that you've done off the field to okay. help really build a positive soccer team culture so um, some of the off-the-field stuff has been – well, when we first started, it, there's been a lot of change where we started in the fall and now we're a winter sport. So that mm-hmm. kind of changed some of the off-the-field stuff we do because yeah. it changed our schedule. But uh, we we started with we, – we really started to sell the program as a family. Uh-huh. So, like, I was really lucky to have an awesome team mom who I still have because she – I had her oldest son when he was a freshman, yep. and now her youngest son is just coming as a freshman. Oh, nice. So I was super lucky to have an awesome team mom uh-huh. uh, who was just on board with doing kind of like what may be viewed as extra stuff. Yep. And uh, we, we try to do a team event every other weekend okay. with both JV and varsity. And, and what's a team event? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> a team event is essentially something together outside of soccer. So we're not playing soccer uh-huh. uh, unless we're playing FIFA. We would have a FIFA tournament once a year. FIFA, the video game. As much as I hate it, yes. Okay. The kids the kids absolutely love it. So right. that's grown into something. And it's a lot of these things have just turned into tradition uh-huh. where we always have a family potluck to begin the season where we have uh-huh. parents, uh, their entire families come, kids parents, kids, players, everyone comes and we just try to have everyone bring some food and we really try to create the culture of like, we're one big family here. We're in this adventure together and we talk about goals and all those types of things there. So to really just set the tone of we're all here to support each other and on the same page. And that's a beginning of the season opener. 
As soon as we know our teams, we do that the very first Friday. Nice. Yeah. And then that's how we close the year as well with the end of the year potluck. And, you know, we do awards and talk about the season and those types of things as well. Uh huh. One of the things that I love about potlucks, and I found this, I taught Avid, um, which has a very high Latino family uh, percentage, and mm-hmm. our soccer team also has a very high Latino family. Like, one of the things I like about our soccer team is it's really diverse. Um, you get a lot of Latino families, you get a lot of white families, you get a lot of families from different cultures. Um, because soccer is a pretty international game. We always have like one exchange student every year, yep. it seems to be. So yep. that's always awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get the Brazilian kid or the Italian kid or the German yep. kid uh, <laughs> in on the team. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I like about potlucks is that it lets everybody bring in something that's meaningful for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's so much more valuable than getting pizza from somewhere and bringing it in. Right. Um, because like people put like a lot of effort into that food. And it's a nice way of kind of honoring everybody's culture uh, and bringing that together as one community. And it kind of creates an environment of respect because you know that someone is feeding you rather than someone bought your food. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, there's people who probably buy some cookies and bring sure. them to the potluck, which yeah, yeah, yeah. we all do what we can oh, sometimes. We, yeah, been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it helps with that. And, and you can just tell just the feeling of having everyone in the room together uh-huh. that it, it, it's nice. It's, it's a good thing. Some other things that we added is uh, alumni game. Oh, nice. After, I think we did that my third or fourth year, we started to do it. When we moved to the winter, it uh-huh. was really easy to do it. We do it Boxing Day. Okay. The day after oh, Christmas. That's cool. Every year now. Nice. And um, it's just grown, and the kids know it's become a tradition, so uh-huh. they know to come back. And uh, it's great for them to see where the varsity team's at. Uh-huh. It's, it's good for the uh, alumni to get to see each other again. Yep. Um, last year, it was so busy that, we had like 10 alumni on the sideline just, hey, who wants a break? Anyone wants subs? So uh-huh. I've actually decided this year we're going to shift into having an alumni tournament. Oh. Um, so we're gonna, I'm going to have them register in some sort of way. Okay. And then uh, we're just going to break them into teams and have them play. Oh, that's and a great I, idea. Yeah, because I think that's... Like smaller sides. And then mix in with the varsity that can be there. And I think uh, one, one thing that I don't do so well, I guess, or a criticism I get. Yeah is that I am very like demanding and I expect a high level of commitment uh-huh. and being that we're in the winter, it's around holidays and those mm-hmm. types of things. So, uh, I, I think, think making the alumni game or tournament more of an optional thing allows some more of that flexibility from our four varsity players that can't make it. Totally. I'd like to think they all want to be there though. I mean, especially if it's right. the day after Christmas, exactly. I can imagine there's going to be some families who have, uh, other places that they may have to be absolutely for family obligations. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the really tough parts about a winter sport is our winter sports start uh, in November. Early November. And then we have a Thanksgiving break. And then we've got a New Year's break mm-hmm. through December, early January. And then you've also got a midwinter break in February. That's it. If the season goes really well. If the season goes well. Yeah, that's okay. the first round of playoffs this year. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, so that is theoretically up to four weeks that we are not in school mm-hmm. that you may still be in season. Well, we. I mean, for us, we absolutely have to be. Yeah. Because uh, we have such a big league, we have nine teams, okay. which means we have sixteen league games. Oh wow! And most schools will start their league games in January. Uh huh. We start the very first of December. Yeah. Uh, so those holiday breaks are the only time to have those like preseason or non-league games, uh-huh. um, which are super important to, for trying to qualify for playoffs. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I think the biggest challenge has been that it's been a culture shift. Yes. So it's gotten easier the more we've been in the winter. Uh huh. Uh, and we've tried to be more proactive and communicating with parents and trying to uh, share the expectation. Um, and I compare it to basketball, where basketball's always been the winner. Right. And parents just know, oh, if they're playing basketball, like that's just yeah. an expectation. There goes our like, there goes our ski trip. Yep. We used to do kid, every year. If your kid yeah. is playing basketball, uh, just say goodbye to your entire winter because yeah. <laughs> basketball also with a light, you know, an indoor gym. Right. They have practices at like eight p.m. because they have to fit six different teams three girls three boys teams into the single gym or maybe two gyms um yeah so they're running from right after school until 9 p.m every single night pretty much yeah yeah. um with soccer at least it's you know consistent practice time well yeah i mean it was with the lights hopefully that'll change right but yeah it was basically after school till dark yeah and, you know, when you get to January and your practice is an hour long, and uh-huh. then at the very beginning of the year, you can maybe get two hours in. So, uh-huh. um, so you talked about yeah. 
some of the team culture pieces. Mm -hmm. You have your beginning of your potluck. You've got your end of your potluck. You've got your alumni game. Um, you've got your FIFA tournament built in. Yeah, the FIFA tournament now is, is built into a GPA fundraiser that we set as a program. Oh. And if we meet it, we have the FIFA tournament. Oh. If not, we'll do like, we do a different team activity. But What's a, a GPA fundraiser? We used to have a fundraiser. GPA, so it's just like a team GPA goal. Yeah, we had, I, I feel like I should patent this idea, but um, we had, a, whatever, I'll share it. Uh, we had a GPA fundraiser where essentially students would ask for people to donate or pledge a multiplier times their GPA. Ooh. So the higher their GPA was, uh-huh. the more money they raised. So you could choose like a times 10 multiplier. Uh-huh. And if they got a 3.3, you donated 33 bucks. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we, we started with that. Um, but I felt like we also do other fundraisers. And I felt like we were just hitting up the same people. Uh-huh. For the same, for the, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I've, you're hitting up grandma. Yeah, times it's like five. grandma and the parents again. Yeah. They're like, we already donated the program. Like, it yeah, just yeah. didn't feel right. Yeah. So we're still keeping a GPA goal, but now it's just for us. Uh-huh. Uh, and if we meet it, we get to celebrate and have a FIFA tournament, which the kids love. We have a little trophy that gets, you know, everyone puts a little memento or uh, like a token, uh-huh. I guess is the term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that they get to glue to it and it okay. goes on forever. Nice. <laughs> so hopefully, supposedly. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I think we also we also are starting to do one long uh, road trip, one oh. road road game every year. We went to Ukiah last year. Okay, we're gonna go to uh, Fremont this year. Nice. And that's just I, I remember in high school we had buses and JV uh-huh. and Varsity traveled together. Yep. And that was just great, great time on the bus together with the team. So uh-huh. the kids, as, as much as they were groaning hearing we were going to Ukiah last year. Yep. Afterwards, they're like, that was so much fun. Like, we should go on another So it's kind of like in- intentionally scheduling a faraway game that everybody has to ride the bus together. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Just to build team culture. Absolutely, yeah. That's nice. Nothing um, nothing like a, you know, big <laughs> big uh, metal box to trap everyone in to spend some time together. Oh, sounds yeah. delightful. <laughs> um, so have you seen, like, your GPA piece? Mm-hmm. Is that a, uh, like, is the individual goals or do you have like a team average goal it's or is a, it a certain percentage of players over a three point whatever it is a, it's an entire program average so okay. jv plus varsity wow plus team managers oh um it's it's everyone uh-huh. so anyone that we consider part of the family that's yep. playing a student role uh-huh. is a part of that that mm-hmm. goal um and we do keep track of like jv and varsity and we you know we 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 show that we share those results with them as mm-hmm. a, as the semester is going along mm-hmm. and checking their grades, and uh, yeah, and then varsity is upset with JV because their GPA is not high enough, and mm. JV is you know bragging to varsity because their JV's their GPA is higher. Uh-huh. Like, what a great culture we have if we're right arguing about Competing GPAs about and GPA. doing yeah yeah like, that's awesome yeah. Um, so, I also noticed that you've developed like a real soccer brand. Um, our soccer team has a specific crest. Yeah, we've got a uh, a Latin logo or a saying motto. Yep. Yeah, Concorde. Concorde. Yeah, uh, which means with heart. With heart. Yep. Um, you've got like official San Marin soccer scarves, like the supporters' scarves mm-hmm. that people would hold up at Premier League games. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so it seems like you've you've really focused on the stuff. And when I was coaching, that kind of drove me nuts. In part, I'm just not a stuff person. Yeah. And so, like, the detail that kids would put into, like, which socks they were wearing or, like, wait, do we get to wear our yellows or our greens today? And I was like, I don't care. Like, the color that you are wearing should not influence right. the way that we play on the field. And I think that was a real mistake for me. Look good, feel good, play good, right? Yeah. yeah. Because it does make a huge difference mm-hmm. for kids if they have, like, the right cleats that look the certain way. Um, even if they're getting them for cheap, but they feel tight and right. they have the right feel, like, all right, we're in. Yeah. Um, and that they get the socks that match in the right ways with whatever their warm-up shirt is, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very much a stuff person. Yep. Um, and I, I think part full, of it was also... disclosure, yeah. today you are wearing <laughs> a lime green yellow belt with a gray lime green yellow accented shirt and some lime green shoes to match your gray slacks yep. and the gray plaid shirt. I mean, you look very well put together. Guilty. Guilty. I definitely tried. Yeah, you tried hard. Yeah. Looking good. <laughs> Thank you. But it's all athletic-y. It's both button-up professional mm-hmm. and... 
athletic movement stuff. I think if I look like I'm going golfing, I've, I've nailed it. That's my goal every day. You do? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm aiming for. Oh, well done. But I think part of it was also just trying to rebrand and, uh-huh. and make people feel like it was, was something different. Uh-huh. Um, one big challenge we have, and like you said when you were coaching, it's just the culture of losing. Yep. Um, I remember when you first started coaching, there were kids that I would kind of tease them or try to encourage to join the team. and like, oh, no, I don't want to play. I was like, so you're too good to play for the team but not good enough to help the team is what uh-huh. I would tell them um, to try to, you know, persuade them into playing. But uh, I think that was like the culture. It's like I don't want to be part of that because that's just failure. Why would I uh-huh. want to be part of that? Yeah. And um, – it definitely hasn't been an immediate change and it's not like we have any pennants or any trophies to really show, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it feels like we're closer in games and we, we've have won some games and we're, our, our records have improved, Uh but at the same time, it it just seems very different. It looks very different. And I think that's, uh, partly intentional and partly just, you know, luck of having good athletes come through and great team parents and, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, and like I can testify to that. Um, one of my avid seniors who graduated last year mm-hmm. was a very high-level player, um, like called up to the U.S. national team under 16s or whatever for their camp in Georgia and playing for an MLS developmental academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for his first couple years, he didn't want to play San Marin soccer. Right, it was kind of beneath him and. Probably legitimately, like yeah. he was playing at a club level <laughs> where normal high school soccer was lower than his level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he joined as a junior, um, and I think contributed to the team pretty well. Uh, and then in his club season, injured his knee, tore his ACL, um, and was out for a little while, but still came back his senior season. And one of the things that I thought you did so well was um, you created a system where he knew that he was not in the fitness shape that he used to be in, right? that he was coming back. And he was like a Division One recruit type athlete, and yeah. this ACL tear kind of took that away temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came back and still wanted to contribute to the team, like still was committed to his high school season, uh, and then actually switched positions for you because it was like, look, I'm a striker, but I'm not fast enough right now. Like I'm coming back from injury, and I don't have it, mm-hmm. and so I can't get into the same position to score all the goals, so I'll shift out to what was he in, on a wing or no? He went to a, he went to a holding mid position, okay. um, and I was really really impressed with his attitude, and you could tell he was just frustrated because he wasn't back to where he where he had been yet, right? Um, but he he I mean he even gave up a starting spot. I was uh-huh. like, hey, this younger kid is doing much better. Like, put him in my spot. It's like I want to come off the bench and get some minutes and like contribute. Uh huh. And I mean that just shows tremendous maturity on his his perspective, right? Or his his point. Um, but also, yeah. it speaks to the culture that you've built, right? That like the team comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he would, uh, in most rights, have the the seniority, the right to say like, "No, nah, that's my spot. Like I play starting striker." Right. Um, and the talent was definitely there, but he also recognized. I don't have it right now because of factors outside of my control. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of a testament to like the way you've built a program on like let's make it the team first mm-hmm. and how can we all contribute to our best possible result. Yeah. And in, I mean, I wouldn't say we're, you know, it's not perfect. It probably never will be. Right. Uh, I'm glad it looks that way from the outside. <laughs> uh, but I feel like, you know, one of our big goals this year is we're really focusing, we're trying to reframe the kids' mindset of, thinking of what can I give to this program and to this team mm-hmm. uh, rather than what can I get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what we, how we all kind of instinctively approach everything. It's like, what can I get out of this? Right. Uh, and if we can reframe that mindset, how just like, I feel like, I feel like we're at a, we've gotten to a good point and I feel like we're just going to keep moving if we can, if we can shift that mindset. And I think we do have a great group to do that with this year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And like full disclosure, like we're still not winning league titles. Um, we're, fighting to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we've managed to turn what was formerly a losing culture into a winning every game yeah. type of thing. Absolutely. Um, we're more, what, what, 500 team? Yeah, around about there, a little under. In we have our good and our bad seasons. Years, yeah. yeah. The biggest thing is we qualified for NCS for two years in a row, uh-huh. which was super helpful uh, to kind of build camaraderie and, yep. and people see like, whoa, wait, soccer's in playoffs? Like, uh-huh. what's going on? 
Um, and I think now it's just with the, the team within the team, they know that we can compete with any of the other teams in the league. And mm-hmm. we have a very competitive league too. Yeah. It's, it's a hard league to break through. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, kind of speaks to the way that you've built that culture and those little things throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you have like open gym for futsal um, or yeah. for indoor soccer or yeah. no days off ever. There is no off season. Yeah. That's, so that's like kids keep playing yeah. and keep building skills even if it's not officially part of the season. And I think that the important thing is a lot of kids see it as, well, I'm still playing club, uh-huh. but it's like, we want you playing with this group, right. you know, under this entity, because uh-huh. that's important too. Yeah. More so than just, and again, that's what are you giving to the program if you're at your club practice? Right. That's trying to reframe that mindset. And you mean competing in a club sport is great as well? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Keep building skill. Uh, but also think about like, okay, these students now value their high school team Mm -hmm. and because you've got a bunch of friends on that team it's actually pleasant to come out and like kick a ball around and participate year-round not that we would violate any kind of uh no no of course not state rules or what have you about not holding practices outside of the season but regular open gym stuff um, opportunities for kids to come and play soccer open fields conditioning futsal in the spring and then the summer's not regulated so uh it wasn't successful this last summer, but really trying to have uh, a team that we can get together and go play at a, the JC puts on a league, playing indoor and those types of things. Uh, the kids wanted to, but it just scheduling it didn't work out. Nice. I did just remember something else we do is we have a summer camp. Oh, that yeah. we do every summer. A summer camp for youth. For youth, yeah. It's middle school age mostly, uh-huh. um, which is great to... The, one of the biggest impacts, one, it's a fundraiser. Of course, that's, that's great, and uh-huh. that helps our program. Uh, the other one is just to see our, our current varsity athletes function as counselors within that camp, and then their coaches, uh-huh. and to see them like shift their role. Yeah. One, it's really satisfying as a coach and as a teacher, uh-huh. like when you have kids presenting and those types of things, and they're struggling with all the same things that you struggle with when a class <laughs> is misbehaving. <laughs> There's something about that just like, oh, that feels so good to watch them go through that. Um, you see how this feels? <laughs> you're like, I hope they remember this. Next time, we're doing something they don't want to do. Uh-huh. Um, but also just to see them take ownership of like the responsibility that yeah. they have is that has been really fun to see. And just, I think it helps with their growth and hopefully they feel like they're part of the community that way too. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the impact we're going for. That's awesome. Yeah. So Ben Philpot, uh, PE teacher, varsity soccer coach. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us a view of the way that physical education is continuing to shift and update uh, and how to build a positive community within a team. All right. Thanks, Nick. I'm enjoying your podcast and look forward to hearing some more of these things. Boom. Let's get it done. Yeah.